0: So when somebody tells you that there's a futuristic science fiction movie called Demolition Man, mm-hmm. what are you what's your first thought that that movie is like? I feel like there would be a
1: dystopian, very bleak world, some sort of renegade or uh, like an insider in the in the system, but they're going to blow it all up. But it's dark. It's dark.
0: I think all of that, but also that the main character has some sort of, uh, like, mechanical modifications to him that make him, like, super strong. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe, like, half cyborg or something. I guess the cyborg is half robot. But a cyborg-type person. Yeah. Not this. You weren't picturing a bleak blonde
1: Wesley Snipes, versus Sylvester Stallone, just being
0: Sylvester Stallone? Well, I think because Demolition Man seems kind of like a dumb name for a cop. I understand why they did it. But it just seems, it, it doesn't naturally suggest cock nickname to me. Yeah, especially because I'm gonna say it, it's inaccurate.
1: Two mortal enemies just jumped in and say hi from
0: another time. Pass is over, time. Time for something new and improved. Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More's More, a bad movie podcast. Where today we're talking
1: about Demolition Man. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra
0: Bullock. And as you can tell from that trailer, this is a 90s movie. It is the most 90s movie. Yeah.
1: Also, it's so lazy to have your movie come out in 93 and be like, it's set in the far future of 1996. I don't think I realized that it was supposed to be three years in the future. It's only three years in the future. And it's like, oh, L.A. is a wasteland and the postal workers don't go to
0: this area anymore. Like... That's baffling. I know. I mean, because the cryogenic system is... Up and running. Yeah. Yes.
1: In such a way... It's an accepted part of the justice system. Right. In such a way that it's an acceptable sentence. So that's insane. So we start out L.A. 96. There's fires and police sirens everywhere. And in a helicopter... It's two guys who are flying at her, saying, remember when they used to let commercial airliners land in this town? Oh, ho, 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 ho. What are we doing here? Stallone comes out from the back. John Spartan is his name. That's really his movie name. John Spartan. I assume that Stallone came up with it himself. I, I would not be surprised. <laughs> and he says, we're doing a good deed. So someone hijacked a bus and they're going to rescue the people. And he is sure that Simon Phoenix is behind it
0: also a weird name what for one thing i would not look at wesley snipes in this movie and think simon should be his name ever ever and then really phoenix rose it's a very subtle reference to him being frozen
1: and then coming back again
0: oh now i get it yeah
1: this movie is filled with blink and you will miss (laughs) it subtle references oh my goodness uh, don't worry, I'll explain them to you. So, Spartan rushes into the building, makes short work of criminal lackeys, but Phoenix is watching him on the cameras, and punctures, up with his fancy skull-headed knife, punctures a bunch of gasoline containers, so that when Spartan comes
0: in, there's gasoline all over the floor. Uh, I was kind of hoping this would be an elaborate plan to make him faint from the fumes. No... But it wasn't. They forgot about the fumes in a lot
1: of ways, which we'll go into. <laughs> um, Spartan reaches him and says, you're under arrest. And Phoenix just laughs. He's got a rockin' beach blonde short haircut, <laughs> earrings, a checkered back jacket, striped pants, big fat stripes, everything we
0: want in a future L.A. villain. I assume that this is just how Wesley Snipe showed up to set. It honestly might be. <laughs>
1: Phoenix says the passengers are gone. And the reason he did it was because everybody else knows not to come down here. The postal workers, the whatever, that's the only thing I remember. Uh, but Do the- you really not want mail? I mean, there's right? so many coupons that you're missing. Rose, he is a hardened criminal. He will just steal the coupons. That is cold-blooded. I know. I know. It's a, that's a federal crime. Stealing mail? Yeah. But the bus drivers just didn't get it and still came down to his
0: area. How dare they offer convenient <laughs> transportation at an affordable price to me? <laughs> I know. So Phoenix lights the gasoline on fire, but Spartan
1: jumps through it to attack him. And this is the thing, he was carrying a like a huge flame. He was had a huge flame out over the really close to the gasoline. The fumes are what lights on fire. It would have already lit on fire. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's the only inaccuracy in this movie, so I will take it. Yeah. And Spartan carries an unconscious phoenix out of the building. Here's where we get the movie title and his nickname. His chief says he's tired of this demolition man nonsense. He wasn't supposed to come down here. And where are the passengers? And he said, well, I did a thermal sweep and they weren't there. It was only eight henchmen. And he's like, how do you know? Because the whole building's on fire. And he's like, how do you know they weren't in there? Because also they were storing a bunch
0: of C4 there. Okay. So I have some questions about the judicial system. Here, I have and the quality of his lawyer. So many questions about that. Yeah, because uh, another cop comes
1: up and is like, "We found twenty or thirty bodies in the wreckage, and now Stallone is in big trouble."
0: Although I just think that a cop whose equipment told him that there was nobody in there isn't really responsible for the fact that there were a bunch of people in the building, well, especially because he didn't light it on fire. Okay. Also, unless
1: Phoenix can explain how he hid them from the thermal imaging, how do you know they weren't already dead? That seems like the most likely explanation.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because you would also, surely you would find them in a place that was lead-lined or something. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it doesn't, did they didn't say anything about but that. But he can't afford a good lawyer, and there's no police union, I guess, to provide one for him. I so guess not. I things guess Things go not. downhill for Stallone very quickly.
1: Yeah, they sure do. We see him walking down a long hallway in a weird see-through outfit He's in handcuffs and is sentenced by Assistant Warden Smithers to 70 years in freeze prison for the manslaughter of 30 innocent civilians, where he will be rehabilitated via synaptic suggestion. I... I don't even know how this could be considered (laughs) manslaughter, even if they had been alive when the building blew up, because it
0: wasn't him that lit it on fire. They said involuntary manslaughter.
1: But he didn't even do that. He... He.
0: that was the involuntary bet, surely. No!
1: (laughs) That would be if he blew the building up and didn't know that they were there. Phoenix is the one who lit the building on fire and exploded it. He was just there. Well, like I said, world's worst lawyer. Yeah. Um, He'll be eligible for parole no earlier than 2046, and I have no idea how good behavior is calculated when you are frozen. You see that they have parole hearings. That's true. So I guess you're just basing it on can they say something really convincing, right when we have them unfrozen?
0: Well, I have other questions actually about the cryo jail, whatever. I surprisingly, they explained it very well. <laughs> I know, surprisingly, which is Wesley Snipes is given a life sentence, yeah, but he's never going to die because he's in freeze <laughs> cryo freeze. Yeah. So why not just kill him? I guess they said... Or let him live out naturally because you're never going to be able to rehabilitate him. Right. Um, And the most confusing
1: part... Uh, as we see later on, is that they gave him life with the possibility of parole, apparently?
0: Yeah. What does that even mean? I mean, you don't get to give someone life when they're being cryonically frozen. That's yeah. just a baffling thing. <laughs> I mean, unless you just love spending taxpayer money. The other thing is, why would they think that some a police officer with an upstanding record and good justice, who, if he even had been responsible for the deaths of all those people, would be just heartbroken about it. 70 years to rehab this guy? That's what they think it's going to take is 70 years? Isn't that weird? Like, he's a loose cannon, dude. Just fire him. Right. He already has the moral backbone needed to not kill 30 more people. Exactly. That's not the problem. He did cost the city millions and millions, though, on a regular basis, it seems. Yeah, well, he, that's, he should have just been fired. Exactly.
1: And the method of freezing is insane. They drown you in this stuff. why can't okay he's sitting in this empty chamber and then they they like they close it and then they start pouring the stuff in and he's like
0: trying to get out the (laughs) top because of course you do why wouldn't you sedate him first and then he's like breathing it in yeah which that can't be what they want and he's also unfortunately naked which Which was very unfortunate from my perspective it doesn't make any
1: well yeah it doesn't make any sense I guess he was like, I worked out so much for this. I'm going to be mostly naked. (laughs) Um, There just has to be a less traumatic way of doing this. Why don't you fill it and then put them in, say, hold your breath, and then freeze them? Because when they do freeze them, it is instant.
0: Yeah, well, as we'll find out later, they're not super worried about the trauma uh, that's being (laughs) acted on these people. So They really are not.
1: Okay, well, all of a sudden, it's August 3rd, 2032. Smithers, now Warden Smithers, talks to Lenina Huxley. <laughs> I told you we were being subtle. <laughs> Lenina is the main character, main female character from Brave New World, and Aldous Huxley wrote that book. Wow, Just <laughs> smacked over the head
0: with this subtlety. <laughs> they are talking via video chat in her car. Okay, see that, that- should be against the moral. What the. Whatever that thing is that keeps giving out tickets.
1: See, that's what's interesting is that video chat in your car could be a real thing now. And so when we see that, we just look at it and say that's unsafe, it's gonna cause car wrecks. <laughs> yeah. Whereas anybody watching this movie in ninety-three would have been like, Whoa, future stuff <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She's checking in on the prison population because it's the law, even though they're all frozen, so nothing's happening.
0: How is this how is this? The law, like how is this legally required for a frozen population? And why is it falling to her, who seems to be pretty low down on the totem pole? Yeah, right? Also, yeah, why don't you just say like, hey, we'll call you if something's wrong. Which I'm pretty sure is how it operates today. Surely the general police population (laughs) isn't calling into the nearby prisons to just check and make sure things are going all right. If anything, that would be a federal problem. You would think. Well, they're state prisons though. Well yeah, but that would be dealt with by the state on the state level, not the local city police. Yeah.
1: It's unclear what the what kind of government there is in this new future. You get the impression not all the cities are like this, but they never talk about it. Yeah. So it's it's strange. And there appear to be no such thing as federal laws. (laughs) So She is so disappointed that nothing is happening. She wants stuff to happen. She loves the 20th century and nobody understands it. Her fellow workers at the precinct don't understand it. They reprimand her for wanting violence and gross 20th century stuff to happen. My question is, why'd
0: you become a cop? Okay, right, it's not like she didn't know about this already. (laughs) Right, did this happen while you were in school? She should have become, like, a private detective somewhere. Actually, we'll see. She should have gone to live in, like, the sewer city. <laughs> I know, exactly. We also see
1: an instance of future graffiti, which is oh just gosh. something that's been programmed to pop up it from the ground and spray this thing, and then another thing instantly removes it. But I was like, this is so complicated. This is so much more complicated than just spraying it. I mean... Do you know what you'd have to do to install
0: that? And it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. There were a lot of things here where it's like, you, you seem to not understand the point of why people do these things. Yeah, I know, right? There would be different crimes that were being enacted. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, Dennis Leary and his friends don't like this new paradise. They are spying on the traffic from underneath the streets. Okay, Dennis Leary's name is Edgar Friendly. <laughs> And just like you're in a comic book. Uh, So they're planning to steal food for the underground population. More on that later. Lenina walks into her precinct and gets an automated fine for swearing, which is a recurring thing that happens to people throughout this movie and does kind of get funny. There's
0: a lot about this movie that if you... (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't like this movie as much as I do. I know, same. But there's a lot about this movie that if you just, like, take it in stride, it it grows on you.
1: It does. And this is one of those things. Yeah. I like it. In her office, a very young Benjamin Bratt, Garcia, can't understand her
0: fascination with the 20th century either. It was funny to see him so young. Also, weren't they in Miss
1: Congeniality together? Oh, that was him, I think. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So it was also kind of surreal seeing them be fellow cops in that's, this movie.
1: Yeah, that's really funny. Well, it's also like seeing Rob Schneider be in the office of this movie because he and Stallone were in um, Judge Dredd. Back in Cryo Prison. Simon Phoenix is somehow up for parole. A, apparently before John Spartan, somehow. <laughs> I know, yeah. B, at all. Yeah. So there, that has happened. So the warden is talking to him, but with one spoken code thing. Phoenix's restraints open and he kills all the guards and the warden and escapes. Back in the precinct, it's a code one eight seven.
0: Murder, death crime. kill murder, death kill I just liked how much they said that in this movie. Murder, death, kill. I know. That's how you say a crime now. Yeah, so you say murder. Yeah, exactly. We only needed the one word. Murder <laughs> implies the death and the kill in it. Right. It's part you're, of the definition. It's just defining murder. Yeah. Murder, death, kill.
1: Yeah. The cops had to look up what the code meant because the last murder, death, kill was in 2010. A much older Zach Lamb, who was in the helicopter, I think, in the beginning, is sure it's Simon Phoenix.
0: It's the only
1: explanation. (laughs) All it could be. There's a lot of hardened criminals in there, but he's heard of one and he's sure that's him. (laughs) They say, who's that? He's evil in a way you've never seen. He was frozen before they put trackers in people, so they can't track him.
0: Why would you not put trackers in people as soon as you woke them up to do their uh, parole hearings? Well, you know, there's a lot in this movie that makes (laughs) me think that
1: a big problem with everything that happens is all based on hubris. (laughs) And that is one of those things. They really don't think anything through. We'll see that in the museum. (laughs) So there's another 187 in the cryo prison parking lot and the murder victim's car has been stolen and they can track that. Good, because no one has moved from their chairs or dispatched anyone since this started. Nope. They're all like barfing and hands over their mouths and nobody can believe it. And I'm like, really? It was all hands on deck for that graffiti that instantly resolved itself. But four murders and you're like, what do we do? It's too much for them. It's too much. Okay. Anyway, they finally dispatch when they think they're sure of where he's going. Phoenix walks up to a CompuChat, which is telling a man reassuring things. What? Okay.
0: (laughs) This is a common sci-fi trope, though. Yes. The future computers that will, like, be therapists. and. Yes, it is. And this
1: whole society is, like... This is what happens when you restrict things too much.
0: Things are bad. Get a society full of wusses. What I, I thought was more interesting than this concept of a computer that just tells you you're awesome <laughs> is the Joy Joy thing, oh, right? Oh, I know. You so, cause Joy Joy feelings in all who meet you. <laughs> yes, which was awesome. But I think it's funny that there were things like Joy Joy and Murder, Death, Kill that come up a lot, but like... They're very rare. I wish there had been like 10 times more of those things. Yeah,
1: me too. Because at one point, Benjamin Bratt says, instead of it's just a
0: matter of time, he says it's just a matter of TikTok. I loved that. I was like, oh no, this is amazing. I was like, I would say that. Right? Right now. I know. (laughs) It's just a matter of TikToks. You know, it seems like a British thing to say. I know. In a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: Also, why is Future Dress like weird flowy dashikis?
0: And witch hats. It did make me wonder where Simon Phoenix was getting a lot of his clothes. Yeah, because he walks
1: around in clothes that are... But there's also future tough guy clothes.
0: (laughs) I guess he stole those from someone. Yeah, who knows. Because the other people, just the regular ordinary people seem to wear like uniform jumpsuits.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dumb hats. Well, I don't know because Wesley Snipes found some sweet, sweet '90s overalls and a (laughs) sleeveless orange shirt to wear underneath it. So, and can I just say, I love Wesley Snipes. He was—I think he was so
0: perfect for this role. And that's, he's a, yeah. ridiculous, and I love him. I think the reason this movie works as well as it does is because Wesley Snipes is just, like, it's the perfect part for him. Sandra Bullock is doing the, like, innocent, sweet thing very well. And yes. then Sylvester Stallone is, of course, being Sylvester Stallone because yeah. that's the only part he can play. <laughs> exactly. And he's
1: really good at just being a uh, some tough guy who's like... What? I don't get this new thing. I mean, Y'all honestly, are dumb.
0: Yeah, honestly, he was my least favorite character in Oh, for sure. Movie, but he was good at
1: what he did, but I yeah. didn't really like it. Yeah. Anyway, Phoenix on this computer, this CompuChat, is clearly now a master programmer, and he hacks into it and finds Edgar Friendly's file. He has some flashback to a voice telling him to kill Edgar Friendly, so it's clear that while he was in stasis, he was programmed by someone with a British accent to kill at least Edgar Friendly. Maybe others. He gets fined for swearing, and then when he does it again, they call the police on him, which I think is very funny.
0: And they show up instantly.
1: Well, they were Which already, surprises him. <laughs> well, they were already going there, I think, yeah. because of his oh. car being there. But I like that they were, like, swearing twice. We're calling the cops.
0: Yeah, to reprimand you. Yeah, I said that. Reprimand you. Because I assume it really is just like. Well, we see that. Excuse me, sir. You shouldn't be swearing. And right now, we
1: see that that's all they know how to do because the cop holds up his handheld computer and asks (laughs) him what to asks for advice because he's never confronted a hostile combatant before. Maniac is imminent. Request advice.
0: With a firm tone of voice, demand maniac
1: lie down with hands behind back. Simon Phoenix lie down with your hands behind your back
0: What's this? Six of you such nice tidy uniforms.
1: Oh, I'm so scared What you guys don't have sarcasm anymore Maniac has responded with a scornful remark approach and repeat ultimatum in an even firmer tone of voice add the words or else Phoenix then uses some Blade-style fighting to take care of all the officers, and then he blows up a car. Just because he can. He's kind of like the Joker. He's a total loose cannon, and really all he wants is chaos. Yeah.
0: He just loves- Because he's not moving quickly on the killing Edgar friendly thing.
1: No, and he doesn't really want to, and not because he's against killing. He actually loves killing,
0: Uh, He just loves crimes as long as they're crimes. (laughs) But Edgar Friendly's not around, and so I feel like he's just constantly getting distracted by other crimes he could be committing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So many people walked by who could be murdered by him. Yes. So we cut to Dr. Raymond Cocteau explaining that the city's biggest problem is Edgar Friendly. They've been plagued by subterranean hooligans called Scraps. They've left society and rejected it. He says that the Scraps used to not be a danger, but now they have a leader in Edgar Friendly, and so now they're dangerous. And it's clear from his voice that this is the person who was
0: programming Phoenix. Yeah, it's not like a suspense thing. It really isn't. Yeah. Also, he's just like clearly super evil. Oh, I know. It's just really obvious.
1: And the biggest sign is that he has an insane manservant. (laughs) In Japanese robes, tiny little white gloves, and whose glasses don't seem to fit all the way over his ears because costuming probably couldn't be bothered to get him a pair that fit his giant head. (laughs) I mean, that's really what it looks like. If you go... I'm serious. If you go back and look at this, like, the part that goes over... It's, like, right here. Uh Uh-huh. It's... Oh, it's terrible. I feel bad for him. (laughs) For the actor. (laughs) So... Back in the precinct, Lenina asks Lamb how Phoenix was apprehended back in the day. He tells them that they tried everything and nothing worked until John Spartan. And then we get some videos of John Spartan beating people up. That's enough to make it clear we need to break him out of cryo and use him against Phoenix. Yep. Police Chief Earl is very unsure about this. And by that I mean he mostly just spends all of his time insulting John Spartan and threatening to put him back in cryo.
0: Weirdly. Yeah. He's here to solve your huge problem that you
1: have. I know. Maybe Also, you woke him up.
0: Maybe <laughs> you yeah. don't yell at him. Especially when he's just asking things like, what happened to my wife? Oh, no. It was after he said,
1: what happened to my daughter? And he's like, that's enough of this <laughs> nonsense. You're lucky she even looked up your wife and told you about it. That's none of your business. I
0: know. Oh How goodness. dare you ask for five seconds after being awoken. Right? To think about your family at all. How dare you be confused about what's happening
1: right now. (laughs) So when Spartan wakes up, he learns that his wife was killed in the big one of 2010, the big earthquake. We learn also that illegal things are anything that is deemed bad for you, including swearing, gasoline, caffeine, meat, spicy things, and non-educational toys.
0: Which was hilarious. Yes. Also... At a later point, they add salt to that list. Yep. Which, again, guys, you will die if you don't get enough salt. That's so, so true. it's not actually... Ex- excess salt might be bad for you, but salt is actually a n- biological necessity. Yeah. For, for, for real. And yeah. Have fun watching your kids get goiter.
1: Yeah. And then we get the ongoing joke that they don't have toilet paper. What they have instead, and they never explain it, which is why it's ongoing. Yeah. What they have instead are these three metal seashells on a shelf next to the toilet. <laughs> and Spartan never figures out how to use them. And everyone yeah. just
0: acts like he's an idiot yeah, for not being able like, to intuitively get it. He doesn't know it. how to use the shells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a dumb movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Police Chief Earl wants to send Spartan back into cryo. He cannot stop calling him a Neanderthal and a primate. The computer, he says, has already determined what Phoenix will do, which is start a crime syndicate. And Spartan's like, that's dumb. He's obviously going for a gun. And he's like, well, they only even have those in museums now. (gasps) The museums! So then cut to Phoenix, smashing his way through a museum to get at their guns, which they have not taken an essential part out of, so they do still work, they're all loaded, and there's tons of ammo in the museum. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just another example of them not thinking about anything. Also, when they get in the car to go there, they let Spartan get into the driver's seat. Yep. And they're like, oh, you don't know how to do this? And I'm like, why would you let this guy drive?
0: Yeah, for one thing, he's just been in cryo sleep for like 30 years. Yeah,
1: you have no idea what this guy's brain is up to. Yeah. And apparently, everybody listens instead of real songs to old commercial songs. <laughs>
0: There's no way it's been long enough that you would lose the concept of music. I know. So they listen to radio jingles. Exactly. Which, again, honestly, the longer it happened in the movie, the funnier it was. That's but, thing. <laughs> just, like,
1: ridiculous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those things where you're like, okay, nobody builds a new society where everyone's like, I'm shocked at the old way of things in, like, 36 years. Yeah,
0: your parents still know what music is, by the way. Yeah. You're not that... Not that far in the future.
1: Yeah, because at a certain point you look at the screen and you're like, oh, most of the people on screen right now were adults before this change would have happened.
0: So I
1: really love, again, just a wonderful display of Simon Phoenix just uh, Wesley snipes it up uh, (laughs) in the museum. And he goes for the old guns and he's like, wait, I bet there's future guns now. (laughs) And he's right, there are. So he goes against the future guns. Spartan and co. get to the museum. Spartan's apparently the only one that has ever noticed the little cameras that pop up out of the ground, so that, like, that the scraps used to see things with. <laughs> He's like, what was that? Did you see that? And They're like, what? See what? Are you kidding me? In this surveillance state? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Spartan goes into the museum alone, and everybody is really getting a lot of miles out of this Simon Says thing. <laughs> From Simon Phoenix's name. Oh my gosh. There's a big fight. One point, they are fighting in an excavated display of an actual old L.A. street. They're like, oh, street signs and all this stuff. There's a fire hydrant. They shoot the fire hydrant. Water comes spewing out of it like it's still attached (laughs) to a working pipe. Why would that happen? Anyway... Outside of the museum, Cocteau and his manservant are walking around, <laughs> just strolling around for no reason that we can see. And he says oh someone gosh. will pay dearly for ruining his beautiful city. Phoenix escapes out of a, I don't know, a tiny little back window or something of the museum. Comes across Cocteau, tries to shoot him, and can't. Like, physically can't pull the trigger. Not that he misses. The doctor says Phoenix has a job to do and a man to kill, so go do it. He's like, oh, I guess I do.
0: Manservant is not surprised. Yeah, I know. I thought it was just him, but, like, I was like, oh, oh no, the manservant's in on it, I guess. Okay. He's up for anything. I don't know why that surprised me so much, but it really did. (laughs) I know. So,
1: Spartan and the other cops come up, and Phoenix runs away. And Cocteau is like, oh, you saved my life. That's amazing. Thank you. He was about to kill me. He didn't know
0: that Spartan was woken up, which... Is weird that they didn't even run it past him. Because they don't seem to be able to make decisions on their own. Because he told them, do anything in your do, power. Right. Anything you need to. Yeah. But they don't seem to have a lot of decision-making abilities. So it yeah. is a little surprising they didn't at least ask him. Well,
1: it's weird that nobody even told him that it happened. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we did this. So anyway, he hears that and is like, oh, well, that's great. Uh, why don't you come dine with me at Taco Bell tonight? Back at the station, it is explained to Spartan that Cocteau apparently also designed the cryo-prison and is now in charge of everything. So everything that we don't like is this guy's fault. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The investigation of where Simon Phoenix is is on hold. Their plan is to wait for another murder to happen.
0: What was crazy is the cops, that like, one of the future cops says this. I'm like, well, I guess we have to wait for another murder-death-kill. And John Spartan is like, yep. Agreed. And I'm like, buddy, you are a real cop. I know. You're supposed to have better investigation skills than that. Exactly. So, on their way to Taco Bell, Lenina
1: explains that Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise
0: wars. I want to see that movie. I do too, the it franchise wars brutal.
1: <laughs> and apparently what that means is that all restaurants are now Taco Bell. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Does the Taco Bell that we know exist anymore or are all restaurants called Taco Bell and it's like a weird mafia thing where they all have to be Taco Bell. You have to go through Taco Bell if you want a restaurant.
0: I I felt like that was what it was. It's like all restaurants, no matter what they serve or anything, they're all called Taco Bell. Because I think the food they're eating, I mean, it's a fancy restaurant. Very fancy. So I refuse to believe that all Taco Bells have become these super fancy restaurants. Although, I, I don't know. I mean, the future is a crazy place. <laughs> I know. The Franchise Wars sounds very interesting to me. I know. Uh, so
1: it is an extremely fancy restaurant with live commercial tunes. <laughs> Cocteau explains that after John Spartan went in is when things got really bad. And it got so bad that people wanted anything rather than the status quo, and so they accepted his leadership, which is always the sign of a good leader. You know, things had to get so bad that people would rather take you. Spartan informs Cocteau that he was conscious during the cryostasis, which isn't supposed to happen. Lenina is horrified, and Cocteau basically says, you deserve what you get if you're sentenced to cryo prison." And I can't do anything about it. Sorry.
0: Yeah, because we were told you won't be aware. But he apparently has full knowledge of the fact that they're aware the the entire time.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have thoughts
0: and dreams. Which makes it a little bit weird later on that Stallone doesn't remember what he's being reprogrammed to do. But, you know. (laughs) That is funny, yeah.
1: Outside the window of the Taco Bell, Spartan sees a camera pop up outside and a scruffy guy on a motorcycle. He runs outside and is there to engage in a big fight with the scraps as they raid for food. And he now sees the dark side of this great society,
0: which, by the way, we never actually saw a good side of it, so... Nope. Also, why would you try stealing food from the Taco Bell? Why wouldn't you steal food from a grocery store or a dumpster?
1: Yeah, also, why would you do it now instead of when there's less people around?
0: (sighs) The busy time or nothing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a great fight scene, and Lenina is very into it. But then she learns, like on an after-school special, that
0: violence isn't always good. (laughs) Sometimes you just do it because you have to. The great John Spartan (laughs) teaching everyone how it is. Yeah.
1: So Spartan brings up his daughter again, because he had asked about her before, but we never get an answer. He brings her up again in the car on the way home. In such a way that you think it will get resolved at any point in the movie, and it doesn't.
0: But also in a way that I 100% thought Sandra Bullock was his daughter. I did too. Uh, the first time Especially just, when he's like, no, don't do a search. Yeah, like know, a She's like, oh, well,
1: I can do a search. And he's like, no, don't do it. And, it, and he doesn't also... He also that. doesn't explain why he doesn't want to know where his daughter is, which does not... That seems very abnormal. Yeah. But yeah, I the first time I watched this movie, which I was made like, that an daughter. upcoming
0: scene very uncomfortable for me. I know. And honestly, even when it turned out she wasn't his daughter, I still felt really uncomfortable just I because did it was still too. in my brain that this was the case. I mean, they never said for sure that she wasn't. That's the thing. They don't just know. Yeah, could be an old
1: boy No. <laughs> so Phoenix is sitting in the dark in Cocteau's chambers. He is some kind of super hacker because of the knowledge that Cocteau gave him so he can get in anywhere. And I'm only just now noticing in this firelight that Phoenix has one blue eye. I didn't notice it until then. (laughs) I never noticed it at all, so you're one better than me. Hey, I'll (laughs) take it. He is now in future clothes and has some demands. He wants some other criminals unfrozen, and now I think I know where the credit I saw for Jesse Ventura is going to come in. (laughs) Lenina takes Spartan to her apartment, which is jammed with 20th century stuff. It doesn't look, she's like, isn't this great? And I was like, it's your apartment is a nightmare. <laughs> she very formally asks if he wants to have
0: sex and he's like, yeah, okay. He's weirdly into it, even though he's, again, just been woken from cryosleep and found out that his wife is dead and his daughter's missing. Yeah. If this was me, okay, I mean, I know I'm not Sylvester Stallone, but I just think a normal human being who found out that the wife he loved enough to ask about as soon as he was woken up was dead, you wouldn't immediately want to jump into bed with someone else. Wouldn't you think? Especially someone you just met. It's not like this is your old childhood friend who you were so close to. Like, it's just a weird... I mean, it was clearly for jokes and the fact that one is a man and one is a woman in their (laughs) movie, but, like, it was just... I don't know. I didn't care for it. No, it it was weird, especially because of the age difference. And, again, also because I thought she was his daughter, so... Yeah. Just layers upon layers of not really liking this scene very much. So she goes and gets some headgear with which
1: they are supposed to have sex. It's a weird strobe-like disco thing,
0: Like, when you close your eyes and you see this mental image of, like, it's weird. It's so... It's just, like, their face and them kind of moaning. Yeah, and it's really... But, like, in a strobe light effect. Yeah. It's really unsexy. It is. It's not sexy at all. And when
1: he breaks it off by taking off his helmet, she's super grossed out that he wanted to do it the old-fashioned way.
0: Exchanging bodily fluids. Gross! All fluid
1: transfers, even kissing are not allowed because of diseases. Apparently, there were so many more horrifying STDs after AIDS that just killed a bunch of people.
0: When, which of those were transmitted primarily through kissing? (laughs) Because all of them. Yeah. Also, it's a little bit weird that she's super obsessed with the 20th century, but she, for one thing, didn't realize that when he thought they were going to have sex, that he thought that was going to be, you know, physical. Yeah, because he wouldn't know that. Yeah, and, I mean, he doesn't know the three seashells thing. I know, Why do you right? think he's not going to know this? And then, also, that she also isn't, like, somewhat, like, scandalously interested in the... Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess this is her one caveat, but I would just think that if you... Because I get it. you Maybe you're obsessed with all things, but, like, you don't want to do this. But then you also probably wouldn't propose to have sex with someone without, like, telling them what... That, yeah. That that was going to be a completely different experience than what they were expecting. Yeah, you would think that in this future city, consent would be a big deal. Yeah, and it doesn't matter, though, because I feel like if you'd explained it to Stallone, he kind of would have been into it. So she kicks him out of her apartment. <laughs> but also she said she got him a domicile next door, and I'm like, do they not have hotels, I guess? I guess not. Who knows? But they have plenty of spare apartments? Oh, lots. Fully
1: furnished. Fully furnished. So he goes to his own place and watches the
0: disc that he asked Lenina for. Well, then this is important, rolling up a ball of yarn. Yep. <laughs> the disc is surveillance footage
1: of Phoenix and Cocteau running into each other after the museum heist. And it's a surprising amount of close-ups and angle changes.
0: have <laughs> a very sophisticated system that self-edits. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, so, the next morning, Spartan
0: gives Lenina a sweater that he knitted for her. Impossible. Impossible. I know. Even if you are the world's greatest knitter, unless you're using a knitting machine, there's no way you can hand-knit someone a sweater overnight. I know, and that was a cable-knit sweater, too. Yes, it was very complicated. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then says he needs to
0: learn to drive, so he, he drives. Also, my other question is, where did he get the yarn from? I'm sorry to keep going back to this, but, like, someone had to take him to the yarn store. What, was there just yarn in the apartment? Maybe so. Maybe they were like, oh, this guy's going to want to knit. Because
1: <laughs> we taught him weird. how to knit while he was asleep. He's like, why goodness. do I know everything about knitting? And she was like,
0: oh, it's part of your rehab. But then he said, and bobbins, and like the, was that was sewing about, stuff. I know. And he can weave a rug. He said all this stuff where I was yeah. like, that's not knitting. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But he can do all things housewife textile. Exactly. So
1: he's super mad that he got knitting... And Phoenix got way stronger and knows all about hacking and knows where everything in town
0: is. <laughs> Completely justified. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. Fair... Also, they're like, you were analyzed and given reprogramming for something that best suited you. And I'm like, in what world was Sylvester Stallone best suited to? Best suited to textiles. I don't know. Did you see the sweater he <laughs> knit overnight? With no pattern. He seems pretty. <laughs> no pattern.
1: He seems pretty. Su- and didn't even have to take measurements. <laughs> no. He's so, it. yeah, exactly. So he's like, hey, I want to see Phoenix's rehab agenda. And then when they try to see it, the first time access is denied. And then when they get into it, they were like, oh, he was just taught a bunch of stuff about torture and killing and IT stuff.
0: Which, let me say, if you were already a crazy psychopath and then you were given a bunch of lessons in torture and killing, I would think you would not need a gun to go kill Edgar Friendly. Yeah, you would think
1: so. Maybe he just likes them a lot. So Spartan is super mad, and he's like, we're going to go see Cocteau. And he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll I'll be subtle. I'm good at subtle. You programmed Phoenix to turn him (laughs) into a terrorist, and his escape wasn't an accident. And he ends up holding a gun to Cocteau's head. He does a very clever variation of be well, which is their greeting and goodbye. Be (laughs) effed. Good one. Yeah. Good one. And I guess he's he's maybe not under arrest, or if he is, Cocteau told Garcia and Lenina to arrest him and then take him somewhere, which was a bad idea. Either way, Garcia and Lenina are outside with him and they're like, why do you want to go underground? Because he's at a manhole cover. And he's like, Phoenix was clearly unfindable because he was in the one place they can't monitor, underground. They walk until they find a settlement underground and Lenina and Garcia are disgusted by the smell of burgers cooking. Spartan orders a beer and a burger, because you can just order stuff here, even though they don't have enough food and <laughs> they have to steal it. Yep. Pays for it with Lenina's watch.
0: And Which just seems like he's being grossly overcharged, although maybe not right. if they're having a food shortage problem.
1: Yeah. And then he finds out that it's a rat burger, because they don't have cows. Do you know how many rats you'd have to kill to make a burger? And she's flipping a bunch of them. <laughs> no. There's not a lot of meat there. Yeah. Friendly and his men show up, get them at gunpoint, and are surprised to learn that these cops aren't after them. He, for some reason, is surprised that Cocteau wants to kill him, though. Even though he's the big blemish on this perfect society. Yeah. Meanwhile, Phoenix is also underground and has gotten, like, 16 people unfrozen. I cannot believe Cocteau gave him that many people. I know, they just, he let him go crazy with it. Well, I know, and he shouldn't have, because Phoenix is talking about how they need to
0: kill Cocteau in order to run this place. And he has an incompetent police force that can't even catch Phoenix once he's done killing friendly, much less 16 other people. Exactly.
1: But they have to kill Spartan first. And then he wants them to loot and pillage and kill as much as they possibly can. Lenina is impressed with Spartan's theory back in the camp, that Cocteau released Phoenix in order to kill Friendly. And while they're all talking about it, Phoenix and his gang come up and they're like, oh, this is great. Spartan and Friendly right here. A firefight ensues. Phoenix somehow escapes in a car above ground. I didn't totally get how that happened. Even less do I understand how Spartan and Lenina get into a classic old mobile they found, get it into an elevator and smash (laughs) above the ground up onto the surface in a working Oldsmobile uh, dealership.
0: It just shows you that you're lacking in imagination.
1: I guess so. You've, and that's what we needed in order to put a car chase into this movie. <laughs> Spartan ends up on Phoenix's car, shoves Phoenix out, but ends up crashing the car anyway. And the important thing from this scene is that we learned that instead of airbags, they have a ton of foam, safety foam, that hardens around you after you have an accident. It seems two weeks from being recalled for causing lung cancer. <laughs> so everybody's out of the car. And the scraps are all above ground now. And Garcia is one of them. He just like, became a scrap. He's in scrap clothes. And, He's into
0: it. Um, Those rat burgers are what sold him. <laughs> they were so good.
1: <laughs> they turned out to be so good. So the police chief is not happy and he wants Spartan back in freeze prison and under arrest. Spartan says, no dice, and walks away to go catch Phoenix. And uh, that works, okay, because here's the deal. Again, incompetent police force, you can do whatever you want. They're not going to shoot you. They're not going to jump on you. They're not going to fight you. Yep. Cocteau is happy with how terrified people are of Phoenix. Now he can grab even more power because they'll be so scared he can do whatever he wants. Phoenix tries again to shoot him, but he can't. But unfortunately for Cocteau, he didn't think to program the other criminals in the same way. So Phoenix tosses the gun to Jesse Ventura, who kills Cocteau.
0: Yeah. You should have thought of that before you let him release all of these other criminals. I know, and he is shockingly
1: surprised at this turn of events. Yeah. Spartan and Lenina get to Cocteau's chambers and see that Phoenix is in the process of unfreezing everyone in Prison. They get ready to go stop it, and Spartan shocks Lenina with his shock stick future shock stick and leaves her behind and stallone's arms are way too veiny in this scene oh i
0: know it was so gross it's not great
1: yeah he goes into the cryo facility and proceeds to fight it out with phoenix And if these fights have been any indication, it is rarely Spartan who demolishes these buildings. (laughs) This is my thing with his nickname being Demolition Man. Everything that we've seen, somebody else did all of the demolishing. Yeah. Somehow, I didn't, okay, I didn't really understand what happened here. He manages to freeze everything? I think it was the shock stick. No, like something, like a liquid fell out of it, it seemed like. And I don't know.
0: I don't understand any of it either. At this point, I was just confused. I know. Same. Well, okay, the point is he managed to freeze everything
1: somehow, and he finally freezes Phoenix, kicks his head off, and that's the end of it. So back in the streets, we've got the cops and everybody in the society who's like, how will we live now? We don't know what to do. And the scraps who are like, oh, we'll do all this stuff, and we'll paint the town, and we'll wreck everything, and it'll be great. And Spartan's like, hold on, you'll have to find a way to meet in the middle. You'll manage it. And I was like, will they? That's actually really hard
0: to do, and I don't think they're going to do a good job of it. But okay.
1: Yeah. And then he walks away with Lenina, who is now super into kissing.
0: Because he just lays one on her. And again, yeah. I was like, I still don't know if she's your daughter or not. So I, I felt very uncomfortable. And also they had zero chemistry. They had no chemistry. and They also... seemed like they would be good friends. but yeah, right. And also, they didn't consent. Him. She already said she didn't want to do that. She was fine with it, though. Well, I yeah. Mean, after I, she realized I, how good kissing was. Which, I'm like, that was a really short kiss. I mean, it wasn't like... Oh, I know. It could have been that mind-blowing. Also, I mean, <laughs> it was Sylvester Stallone, so... <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: Anyway, and that's the end. <laughs> yep.
0: So, so, how did this movie do? This movie... Made money as it should have because it was hilarious, yeah. even though it was super dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it
0: was. Its budget is estimated, so I guess they don't know yeah. exactly how much, but it was estimated from between forty 45- five and $77 million, but it made $159 million, which honestly is very surprising. I mean, I know I wasn't, like, really aware of what was going on in 1993, but, like, this somehow still seems baffling to me, especially when you know surprising. that before so- Stallone took the part, it was offered to Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Oh, So gosh. that's the level of movie we're talking about here. It's not like everyone thought this was going to be a real winner – because otherwise, it wouldn't have been offered to those three people. Right? Who turned it down? That's crazy. I didn't know Jean Claude Van Damme turned movies down. I didn't know Steven Seagal turned movies down. I know. Well, thankfully,
1: Stallone doesn't. Thank goodness. Thank goodness Wesley Snipes didn't turn it down. I really think without Wesley Snipes, this movie would have just been forgettable. Well, originally, it was supposed to be Jackie Chan.
0: So. Oh, it still would have been good. <laughs> Never mind. Still would have been good. (laughs) Just really different. It was Very different, but still very good. Yeah. And I have to say, this movie has brought back a lot of Stallone nostalgia for me. So I think the next movie we're going to do is going to be Over the Top. All right. I'm excited. I've never seen it. Where he plays a trucker who (laughs) participates in competitive arm wrestling. Oh, no. And is bonding with his son. Right in the heart. Exactly. (laughs) So that's what's next on More is More.
1: For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.